a little crunchy. I couldn't keep it together. <laughs> you fucking got it. <laughs> First, there was one monster, then there was two. Now there are five. We are two monsters rolling dice. <laughs> we really should have thought about that. Yeah. I get We're kind of locked into the branding because we bought the domain. <laughs> The two monsters are your favorite monsters. Hi, I'm the Harlow monster. I'm the Sabina monster. I'm the Jaren monster. I'm the Matt monster. I'm the Melissa monster. And we are two monsters monsters rolling rolling dice. (laughs) Today, I've called you here to join us in worship in honor of Fatecore and all of the various role-playing deeds it offers us. I'm off book here, guys, and I'm feeling anxious about it. I couldn't tell. So... We talked a little bit about your preparations and the things you might bring. I think I would also set up a note in the book and to ask the church to set up a small fund that if I perish in the field, that the book be, you know, inside the book is a note that says, please return this to the Church of the Way of the Saint for Morrigan. There will be a monetary reward if you return this book to the church, Uh, because for him, that'd be very important that this book is brought back if he's to die while he's out there. You could basically offer any amount. These things are relics and quite important to the church, and you're an important teller. That's why I carry it. So I think you could name any <laughs> any reward basically in there, and they'd be like, yeah, we'll pay it out if you bring that back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think other than that, he would gather the items we talked about last time. He would get his robes, uh, which for the Saint of Morgan are essentially kind of look like judge robes, mm-hmm. uh, and he would pack them away. Next to him in the cabinet, there's on like a wooden peg, there's the powdered wig. It's optional. Does he grab that too? Yeah, he'll grab that too. Noise. I was hoping you would. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, he's thinking in his mind, not only that he might have to exercise authority both to get what he needs, but at the same time, if there's any work that needs done, he is a teller of the people. He enjoys helping people, in particular those, I mean, in his mind, he'd be viewing Khan as like the poorest of poor places. Like these people are destitute. But I think other than that, he probably doesn't have a whole lot of interest. He, he's never had an interest in it outside of that. And of course, his other nervousness is that, as Julius told him, uh, he is going to be accompanied by a PTC individual as well, which really makes him question, like, whose business is going on here? Whose authority is even leading this? Why do they want this person back so badly? Like, okay, so she shot somebody. Like, all of this is kind of going through his head as he's getting his things together. Yeah, part of his role is as a crime investigator, he's no, like, rookie, so he's like, I'm trying to add all these pieces up, yeah. Yeah. You get your stuff ready, and you gather it all up. You have a fairly small bag, it sounds like, then. You've got some robes, some changes of clothes, but you bring in your suits. Yeah, yeah, he'll have, like, two two or three suits. Um, I, he was also bringing a, I, I believe I rolled last time, it's not an expensive bottle of wine, because I rolled very low, um, but he's bringing something along with him. Um, along those lines... Um, was that as a souvenir of the mainland or as some wheel grease once you get there? Uh, I think more wheel grease. Um, Just something imported. <laughs> yeah, something that's foreign, right, that you could maybe sell for more there. Because <laughs> uh, he figures he might have to grease some palms to get what he needs and whatnot. 
And I think it's not because he doesn't, he is an urbanite at heart still, right? Mm-hmm. Did we keep that? He did, yep. Yeah, okay. I don't think it's because he doesn't know where to go. He might go to his wine guy and he's like, I will have to come back to you on Tuesday. And you're like, well, fuck, man, I gotta go. I'm, I'm leaving now, yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said, it is the second, right? So that puts this, it is Wednesday. And it is uh, th- that morning. So you you go, and, and where you go is to the dockyards, right? It's yeah. kind of like a, a big sort of peerage where there's lots of different places that go, but this early in the morning, it should be fairly quiet. Well, I imagine Just is pretty familiar with the docks. I imagine this is a place where there's a lot of people seeking forgiveness, you know, maybe for what they've done overseas. They're coming back and they're like, oh man, I need to cleanse myself of what I just did. <laughs> and this is your part of the city. This is your jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. I'll head down uh, to the docks because I believe that's where I'm supposed to meet my PTC counterparts. And you've been given tickets and kind of told what boat it is. And you go down there. The city, uh, it's still dark out when you're going. Um, And the city is foggy through the streets. Going through, there's gas lights, you know, street lights, like big gas lanterns. Every now and then you pass a constable or a walker of the night kind of returning, you know, yeah. holding themselves. I imagine the constables I know, you know, like, I'm, hey, Sam, you know, yeah. I probably know a number of them. Uh, up to no good, huh? <laughs> Gives you a chuckle as he sees you. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. And you get there, and the place is pretty dead. The boat that you're supposed to get on is not huge, right? It's not like a Titanic kind of situation. It's a fraction of the size. But it could fit maybe, you know, 50 people comfortably. Um... And it's being loaded up, and that's basically where most of the hubbub that's happening here this early in the morning is happening, is, is this boat. It's being boarded by not its capacity. There'll be like 15 other people on the boat with you. And they're kind of getting in. And any other person... Give me an awareness check. Sorry. Yeah. So I got a one on my awareness. So he's just kind of strolling about. And I, I think the one fits because he's distracted, right? He's thinking about everything that's coming up, like going to con and suddenly being taken out of his comfort and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're in your own thoughts. Are you just going straight to the boat? Like, um, yeah, I mean, if, if that's what if that's what I've been instructed to do, I, I wasn't sure if I was meeting my PTC counterpart on the land or on the boat, so I guess whichever... You were not given instruction on that. Okay. I think then I'd probably head to the boat. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's foggy out, so your awareness of plus one, you don't get a great view, but you don't really need one. And you look up once you get to the gangplank. It's like a literal, you know, big, like, board with, like, a rope sort of railing going up into the side of this boat. And you are stopped and look, and it is not a PTC uniformed employee who is stopping to take your ticket. It's a royal guard, not a papal one. A royal one. This is like a think secret service, early secret service, right? This is a man in a suit with a top hat. He's got a badge, very prominently displayed with like the Royal Vegas State's insignia in his office, the Royal Guards, and he's got a rifle. And there's two of them, and they sort of step in the way, and they signal with their heads at a bench that's kind of off to the side. Of course, of course. Do you need to see my tickets or anything yet, or...? Of course not, Teller. Is there anything I should be aware of? 
I'm not, I don't see a ton of armed people around here, just making sure. And you glance again, and you actually don't see anyone around here, except a couple of other royal guards who seem to be sort of, like, securing the area. When I see that, I'll, I'll nod to them and go sit on the bench. <laughs> and you sit there, and the city is fairly quiet. You know, the docks, you can hear some boats kind of banging up against the piers and some general hubbub as they're firing up boilers and stuff on your ship that's going to depart. Is this general for this area this time of day, or is it normally? No, no. this is, no, a little, a little abnormal, especially to see royal guards. They don't patrol the docks. That's not their thing. And eventually, out of an alleyway, you see a man approach you. He's dressed very well, but he's sitting in a wheelchair. Do I recognize him? Senator Gaius Marcus Allium. I'll stand up and, and greet him. And he tips his hat. He's wearing a very fine suit. He's got a, you know, sort of a jacket on over it, though. It's a little brisk still. He's got kind of a flannel blanket draped over his legs. Cigarette in a long holder. He kind of wheels up. And you said you stand? Yeah, yeah, I'll stand to greet him. He says, well, I would stand uh, to greet you as well, Teller, but... You'll forgive me if I find myself unable. And I'll put my hand on my chest. Oh, Senator, I am so sorry for the travesty that has befallen you. Well, one way you could help me get over it is give me a light, will you? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, I'll give him a light. Yeah, some matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and he luxuriously starts smoking this cigarette. Doesn't really make a move to talk or say about why he's here. I find a nice cigarette in the morning helps invigorate my thought process. I can definitely respect that thought process. Would you like one? And he pulls like an ornate silver holder out of his vest pocket. Well, Senator, I've never been one to say no to a fine cigarette. You know, I'll, I'll take one. It smells delicious. And you can see the, the like a sort of stamp on, you know, it's, it's imported from the Stoutlands, which is another country they, they grow great tobacco and they grow what's called run leaf which is kind of like what if they had tobacco and it was also kind of like cocaine and this is a run leaf cigarette senator i see you have good taste (laughs) only the finest he says well i understand you've got the details of this mission but i thought i might see you off personally so you can understand the complete gravity of the situation any details that you'd be willing to dis- dispose on me, I'd be more than happy to take them. The guards that were guarding the gangplank kind of walk up, get on the ship. So it's just the two of you. He says, I, I don't know if it was stressed how important it is that you bring Miss Dufresne back to me alive. I need to have a word with her, you understand. No, I certainly do. And it was stressed, but I will say, and I'll, I'll smile, made it stressed more now. I also understand I don't need to stress the importance of discretion. I believe that's why I was selected for this. I care not for my own reputation, you understand. I wasn't there to take part in the festivities. I was there because my daughter saw it to find refuge in the arms of the ladies of Dufresne House. Instead, he looks down at his legs, when you find her, she'll tell you all manner of lies. Because a thing you may not know about Madame Adelie Dufresne is that she is a snake. 
a serpent more ophidian than those you might meet in Khan. She is born to lie. She has sold secrets of this country that she has gathered illicitly. She has told lies to further her own career, and she has sought to do so here. Whatever she tells you, I know you'll have the good sense to withstand. I know a fair amount about your service record. You're one of a kind man, Taylor Crawford, just like myself. You understand that the importance of seeing your grand vision is the utmost, but you leave room for the human element, and it's something this situation's in dire need of. I'm mighty happy that my skills could have been called upon for this mission, and I assure you, Senator, I will find her, and I will bring her back here for justice. He reaches your hand out. Yes, I shake his hand, yeah. But if she manages to get a little dinged up along the way, well, who am I to say what's what? Who's responsible? Well, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Just watch your back around this one. She is dangerous. Well, I've been smelling and helping liars most of my life, so I can see through some of the thickest of thieves. And whatever she says about you, I know it's going to be untrue. Because what she did to you, that ain't right. No. No, Telecroft. It ain't. I look forward to hearing back from you and the progress you make. Before I go, uh, I open up the book of Morgan and I take out a little piece of paper and I write down one of my favorite verses from Morgan. The light can sometimes seem dark, but when we look into Morgan's eyes, we can always see what's coming around the horizon for us. And I'll fold the piece of paper and hand it to him. Opens it up. I think give me a hope check. Five. True words were never spoken, Teller. Well, I thank you for meeting me this morning. I'm truly humbled that you take the time to come down here. He puts it in his cigarette case. You understand, of course, uh, it's nothing personal that representative from the PTC will accompany. They have done much for the military and their private securities, even helped the royal guards. I, I, it wouldn't be proper to slight them so. But you understand, you have the primary authority in this investigation. Well, I thank you for that. That gives me a great deal of comfort knowing. Admittedly, I was a little nervous up front, but you don't have to explain. I'm all too familiar with the partnerships that develop over time between different entities. He's nodding along, kind of like waving his hand like, oh, it's just my hands are tied on this one. I could not. And I think I think Just is used to this too in the church, right? We say this all the time. Well, our hands are tied. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need awareness check to know he's kind of bullshit on this yeah. one. But yeah, we're both bureaucratic entities, so. And he snaps his finger and an automated horseless carriage comes. Chickity pop pop, chickity pop pop pop. Like around a sort of warehouse, you hear a fight drop, and you come like slowly grinding and grinding its way close by to where you are. And the back door opens, and a couple of thug looking guys get out. They're like, hey, you're here. And they grab someone and pull them out. And they tumble out. It's hard to kind of see. It's just someone who's not dressed up or anything, wearing very simple clothes. They have like a black bag over their head. And they pull it off, and we see Chanterelle Burdock standing there. Hair's all mussed up. She looks around, a look of 
I'm just scanning all the perimeter for dangers okay. uh, of any kind. So, I got my hand kind of on my weapon, on my hip. Give me an awareness check, Chanterelle. And you see a man dressed very finely. Go ahead and describe it. Now's a good time. Yeah. Uh, you see a man standing there. He is wearing a white cowboy hat. He has a white, pristine suit. Uh, no tie or bow tie. It's unbuttoned at the top, so you can see a little little action there. Uh, he has a couple rings on his fingers. He's wearing a nice pair of boots. Uh, on one side, not even hidden, you can see a large silver revolver. And at the other side, uh, a book, uh, which is uh, on a chain connected to his belt. And it's kind of in a, in a frame, the book. So it looks pretty, pretty ornate. Uh, he has a clean shaven aside from a gray mustache. Uh, he looks kind of weathered in the face, both physically and mentally. And next to him, you see a handsome, well-groomed man, well-dressed with a fancy sort of fur-lined coat. He's got gloves on. It's brisk. He's in a wheelchair, and he has a flannel blanket thrown over his legs. He's got a long cigarette in a holder. And you can smell it's runleaf they're smoking, not tobacco. And then there's the two thugs that were kind of riding with you, provoking you the whole time. And they're kind of standing nearby you laughing. That's what you see as you scan around. Uh, I'm going to look around um, and turn to one of the thugs. Where's my animals? Don't you have them? And the other one laughs. No, I wasn't able to carry my bison with me in this vehicle. Don't worry, Miss Burdock, the man in the wheelchair says. Your animals have been accounted for. They're loaded on already. I understand you need the tools to succeed. If I hear that any harm's been done to either one of them, I will tank this mission myself. And without batting an eye or losing his smile, he stares you dead in the face and he says, But of course I understand you jest. Because if you were to do something like that, I'll make sure you never get out of your work contract. And he does go ahead and make a mental attack against you. So you can defend either with bravery or with ego. Alright, so you take one mental stress. Cool. You recognize him once he turns on you. This is a man who's famous. He's in the newspapers, people talk about him. He is a senator, and his name is Gaius Marcus Allium. And he could definitely do what he says. I'll keep that in mind, Senator. Please do. It was assured me that your skill set is enough to balance your lack of proprietary manners. You'll find I'm an agreeable sort, though, Miss Burdock. You don't need to be polite to me to do what you need to do. Great. Then let's get going. Who's this? This is Tella Just Crawford. It's a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. I'll hold out my hand. Uh, I'll shake it firmly. Chanterelle Burdock. Chanterelle. Well, I'm sure that uh, we're going to become fast friends and work well together. I wouldn't count on both of those. Well, I'll take 50-50. One or another's fine by me. Would now be a good time to describe Chanterelle? Yes, now's a great time to describe her. All right. Chanterelle Burdock, or uh, L to her few friends, is a tall, outdoorsy-looking kind of half-ema elf. Uh, she's tan with kind of long, tangled brown hair pulled into a low braid. Noticeably pointed ears and a permanent touch of uh, kind of like a weathered sunburn across her uh, freckled cheeks and nose. 
Uh, noticeable, particularly in the dark, uh, are her cat-like eyes, uh, kind of dark yellow with a vertical uh, pupil, uh, faintly glowing. Uh, she wears uh, the casual, durable clothes of a woman who spends most of her time in the outdoors. A wide-brimmed uh, brown felt hat, uh, kind of like a, a campaign hat or a ranger hat. Somebody did their research. I did a lot of hat, hat research for this. I felt like it was important to differentiate myself hat-wise. Good choice. Uh, she also wears a leather bomber jacket, and she carries like a large, uh, kind of rolled up, uh, almost comically large uh, pack. You know, like a like a backpack and pack on her uh, back. Like it's got like the big roll that goes over her head. Yeah, like that old like witch from. And she also wears a pair of uh, worn leather boots over her trousers. I can see you came well equipped. I'm glad to see that. Just a silent nod. When are we leaving? Well, as I understand, the boat's soon to depart. Tell Crawford, perhaps you might want to make yourself comfortable, find your quarters. Yes, I think I'd like that quite a bit. Senator, again, it was a pleasure meeting with you today. And he winks and says, remember what I told you, boy. And remember what I told you, Senator. And I'll, I'll point at his breast he, pocket. Yeah, he taps his breast pocket and he says, I'll carry it near and dear to my heart to the end of my days, Teller. This is a monumental day. This is the start of something great. Well, I look forward to talking with you soon and with our cargo in tow. No. Kind of nod to him with my, my hat and head towards the boat. He, without looking at you, kind of puts his hand out and blocks Chanterelle from, like, following. Yes. He just watches as Teller gets on the boat. He turns to you and he says, I know you're not stupid enough to take this mission, so I'll make sure you understand. You'll want to play along with what the PTC has in store for you once you get there. And you'll want to make sure that Teller Crawford, he don't take too many uh, privileges with this mission. He's a man who likes to throw his weight around. He's the best man for the job as far as the talking's concerned, but when it comes time to get things done, you understand, you're my main man in the field. I'll kind of give a little salute, and it's kind of mocking, but then I say very seriously, I'll do what I need, what need, shit. That's all, folks. I'll do what PTC needs me to do. And he nods, completely believing the value of your words. <laughs> and he just says, there's a good girl. Now you might want a long run. Wow. <laughs> I might want a long run. <laughs> now you might want... <laughs> no. <laughs> you might want... <laughs> Man, can I just be a normal human being for one day? What would that be like? Let's explore that fiction. He says, now you better run along, little lady, or you're going to miss your boat. You're the only one stopping me from getting on it. And he gives you kind of a sour smile. And he kind of rolls, and when he rolls, he rolls his chair in front of you to block you for a second, you know. Uh, And he runs over your foot. He's going to make a melee attack against you. I think I just elegantly sidestep kind of out of the way. He just rolls on by and kind of rolls towards the car and waits and they help him in and it's a big awkward struggle. What do you do? I walk up the, the board and 
plank. <laughs> come on. I, I didn't go to my room. I'm waiting for her to come on the boat. Like inside the door? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. The two, no, you don't. You hear that they're talking, and he's saying something to her. You don't quite make out what they're saying. You, you see the whole scene, though. But his white suit is just, like, shining. Hard to miss. And you get on the boat? I, I turn to look at you expectantly. Miss Chanterelle, I was thinking before we head off to our bunks, maybe we share a drink with one another to get acquainted. I don't drink, but you can buy me. Whatever you like. And I'll, I'll kind of gesture us. I'm sure there's like a mess hall or something like that on the boat. I think there would be a sort of eatery, like a big open room with tables, maybe a sort of buffet thing a couple of times a day. They put food out and then also a beverage service. Absolutely. Always a beverage service. Yeah. As soon as I walk in the room, I'll, I'll gesture someone over whoever's working. Yes. Tell her. Uh, good to meet you. What's your name? Reginald. Reginald. Pleasure. Could you get me uh, something a little hard? You know, something maybe to let me ease into the boat ride. And for my friend here, could you get her a cranberry juice? Miss Lily turns and looks at you like he doesn't even know what that means. I look him dead in the eyes. Mental attack? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that cranberry juice. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. And he goes, and it doesn't take him long to come back. He has a bottle of port for you with a glass, and he has apple juice for you. Good enough. And it's just you two. Like, it, there were not very many people getting on this boat, if you remember me saying. There were about 12 that you counted, other people. So, small load. So, Chanterelle, looks like we're going to be partnered up here for a little bit for this mission. When I'm starting off on something like this, I, I really like to get a feel for those that I'm working with. Is this professional or personal for you? Now, you might say, just Crawford, why are you asking me this? You see, in my experience, someone who's in something for purely professional reasons, well, when you're in a foxhole, they have a, a habit of turning tail and running. But people who are in it for, you know, a little bit more personal reasons, well, they're, they're going to dig their feet in and fight a bit more. I'd say my professional reasons and my personal reasons are the same. Oh, a little bit of both. I like that. I'm in this profession for personal reasons but you can count on me when it comes time either way. All right, all right. Do you mind me asking? I, yeah, I pull out my PTC service coin and just kind of hold it up. Ah, I see, I see. Well, I was wondering how the PTC got involved with this, but now looks like they're maybe using you to pay off some of the debt. I'm, I'm still a bit curious as to why the PTC is so interested in this, though. I go where the PTC tells me. I don't ask questions. That's the whole deal. Well, I can certainly respect that because I am, well, a fish in the same waters. So it seems as though both of us don't really want to be here, but here we find ourselves nonetheless. Before we take part in our liquids here, do you mind? And I touch the book on my side. And outside, you can actually hear their bells ringing on the upper deck. Like, it, they're going to depart soon. Do whatever you need to do. Very well. Morgan, if I could call you here to bless this trip that we're about to embark on. And you wrap the prayer up. <laughs> I, I take out, yeah, I'm like whittling something. Like, completely not She's paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think after that, I, I wouldn't really have too much else. Finish my drink and then probably head to my room. Awesome. Yeah. You have a small but not disgusting 
cap to yourself. You have one too, Chantrell. Um, you get there, there's like a bed, a little sort of desk writing area situation. Um, there's a mirror on it. There's a wardrobe, very simple, you know. Uh, there's like a hallway of rooms on the deck, the middle deck. They have, you know, a little portal looking out. And you guys set off. I push the bed to the edge of the room and set up my bedroll in the middle of the <laughs> floor. Yeah. Give me an awareness check. Three. You, yeah, you hear like furniture banging around in there. And... God damn it. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I'd I, yeah, like a bag of something spills <laughs> over. <laughs> I would come over and knock on your door. I've accidentally uh, started setting up a campfire out of habit <laughs> in the middle of the floor. Chanterelle. What? What is it? What? I, I heard some commotion in there. I just want to make sure everything's all right. And you can see a little bit of smoke is coming out. From yeah, I, I open the door. Small little wax. Whoa, God. Good lord, you got it. And I'll, is there like a wash basin there to like wash your hands and th- I'll grab that immediately and throw it on the fire. Your room's got a fire in it, Chanterelle. Sorry, I forgot that you can't do that indoors. You forgot you can't make a fire inside. Listen, I had a long day. All right then. All right. Now listen, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna tell you something, Chanterelle. If you need to talk about anything. And I'll pat the book on my side. My room's right over there. And you can hear footsteps running, footsteps. At least two, two, maybe three people running towards you, towards the room. Thanks, I got plenty of religion as a kid. All right, I'm not trying to push anything on you. That's what you all say. And into the hallway burst three different sailors. They have the classic old school collared shirt with the, like, bow, you know, tied at their neck. The sailor hat that's... Jaunty kind of pantaloons almost. Well, everything's all fine here. They come running up. You know, one of them has an axe. One of them has like a bucket of water that's sloshing. They're like, we smell smoke. We smell smoke. Uh, we, we got it taken care of. There was a slight misunderstanding, but everything is fine now. Everything's fine now. <clears throat> one of them leans in. Is it going to be like this the whole ride? No, I think we're going to be fine now. The other one just dumps the bucket out in the hallway. Just kind of walks away muttering. The other two are, like, scratching their head, like, I don't... You can go back to your normal duties, and I'll put my hand on their shoulders and kind of walk them (laughs) out of the room. Cool. It is a three-day trip. The going is not super fast, but it's... uh, You are decently accommodated. There is alcohol, there is food. Like I said, you are fed three-square day. And nothing is expected of you. You are just passengers on this ride. There's not much to do on the ship. Uh, I picture sort of like bar, restaurant area, like I said, with the, the buffet and like a drink service. There's an upper deck where there might be two chairs kind of facing, like sea chairs sort of facing the sea to sort of just look. There's not too much else. There's some private cabins of the crew and staff, and then the lower levels where all the boilers are and stuff. There's a cargo bay in the bottom, too. Um, is there anything you guys think you do over these three days? I think I would find Squawk Blocker, wherever he is on this boat, and free him. Okay. Just let him kind of fly along the boat. You creep down? Yeah, I'll kind of I'll kind of be like stealthy, but also kind of just trying to look like I belong wherever I'm going. Cool. Give us a stealth check. So you sneak down there into the cargo hold. It's dark, but there are some like electric, actual, like, glowing, almost orange bulbs. You know, they're, like, unsteady, like, pulsing with the, like, electric current. You can see in the dark. I can. 
your elf eyes glow, your Ima eyes. And you take in the cargo bay fully and with ease. And you see, sort of off to one corner, two large crates that are covered with leather tr- uh, sheets. And you can hear stomps and squawk walker under there. Under. Not suffering, but just like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, I'll take off the first leather covering. And it is Squawk Blocker. Hey, buddy, how's it going? And he kind of clacks and looks up at you. Yeah, we're going to get you out of there. Hold on. Spring it and... Uh, Squawk Blocker just to sort of of canonize this. (laughs) He's about the size of a bald eagle. Maybe a little bigger. But he's big enough to sit on your shoulder. Maybe a little uncomfortably now that he's grown some. But he is adult-sized. Pterodactyls are a bit smaller than the media likes to portray them. Often what's portrayed is a pteranodon. No one's going to listen to this podcast if you keep doing nerd shit. Look, I'm just saying dinosaurs are important and the way we classify them matters. <laughs> In point of fact, Squawk Blucker is not a dinosaur. He's a flying reptile. Okay, so. Jesus Christ. No, I'm just saying. Pterodactyl is actually the fucking genus, I and he's a pterodactylist. I can't believe I got a hat comment for saying one word about my hat. Um, so he, you know, kind of jumps up and uses sort of back claw things to climb up and kind of sits on the ledge and is blinking uncomfortably and is not happy with the space and is kind of looking like do we do like wants to fly and doesn't really get it. We'll get you out of here in just a bit. Uh, I'm gonna also lift up uh, the leather over the other crate. And it stomps. And he's headbutts the bars really quick. I'm sorry, buddy. I gotta let you stay in here for now, but we'll be there before you know it. I'm gonna feed him a little bit of, like, nuts and berries pull out of my pocket. And he has a little cistern. It's, like, slopping everywhere. And he's shit in his crate. But he's, like, tended for. You know, he's not being, like, neglected down here. Yeah, and you get Squawk Blocker out and sort of smuggle him up. You passed your stealth check, so you don't get caught doing it. I think I've just, like, waited till there's nobody around. And then I, you know, allow him to go off the side of the ship and just kind of soar alongside us. At this point, the sun is up, right? You do this, like, fairly, like, that day. Yeah. Yeah, so the sun is maybe coming up. There's some light. As soon as Squawk Blocker sees it, he is, like, jumping and, you know, like, kind of wrestling. I kind of picture you're carrying him through the inside of the ship. And as soon as you, like, step foot, Outside, he just takes to the sky. And he does some circles up above, and he's cawing and clacking his little clacker, and then just kind of nose dives into the water, and comes up, goes back down, and comes up. And he's just kind of flying. He does not come back down. Like, he doesn't fly away, but he's just like, Give me an awareness check. Three. Yeah. I think you might have even seen the whole thing if you wanted to. You might have seen her leaving, been able to probably follow her down. She only got a zero on her stealth check. Okay, I don't think he'd follow her down. He, he wants to give her some privacy and space. Like, he, he doesn't innately distrust her for any reason. So he, he would, I mean, she tried to start a fire in her room. She's like, clearly she needs some time. I was tired. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, now you see her playing with what seems to be a pet pterodactyl. It's like... Ooh. It took some food out of her hand, and now she's just kind of flying and standing out there looking proud. I'll, I'll walk up to you. Holy. Is that yours? We're each other's, I suppose. I, I can respect that. I've never seen someone handle 
Oh, an animal like that, quite so elegantly. I didn't even know those things could really be, well, quite tame, to be honest. Squawk blocker is a special animal. Squawk blocker, that's, that's an interesting name. So I am assuming uh, he is going to be one of our compatriots on this journey? He will, along with my bison. Bison? Interesting. Where, where are they keeping the bison at? Oh, below deck. He's not happy, but he'll survive. Well, do you think we could make him more happy? I mean, sure. Any space we could give him. Well, let's see if we can find him a little more space. I would be grateful of that. I'd like to try and talk to the crew about getting him a larger space to inhabit. Okay. I think Chanterelle really does kind of like light up when you talk about accommodating her animals a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to go to maybe the captain or whoever has oh. some authority on the ship. So maybe personality with yeah, the captain. Yeah, personality is the skill that convinces people okay. of things. I, I'm happy to use that. I got a four. Okay. Captain is going to defend with ego. You go to see the captain and he is in the wheelhouse and he is a very flamboyant, full Viennese man from Viona. He's got olive skin, brown eyes, dark hair. He's got a big, wide brim, like Carmen San Diego hat. He's got two sea cloaks flowing. His colors are like red and blue. He has very bright, gaudy style. He has like bows in his hair and stuff. And he has, you come in and he is like Captain Morganing, like on the bar next to the wheel. Just like standing there and he's like, ho ho, it is the teller. I am so glad to have you on board, I must say again. This is probably the first time you've met him. Like, he would have come and fawned over you and been like very clearly sycophant. Captain, I have been on many ships in my time, and I have to say that your cabin with you in it is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> oh, well. Having such an important person and carrying him to the new world, it is so nice. Well, and, and I have to say, the accommodations and everything have been top-notch so far. Reginald, down in the mess hall? He does not miss the mark, huh? He, he does not. Ports. I stopped up just for a small favor, if we could. One of my close compatriots who's traveling with me, she has a bison down in the hall. Yes, and this I know. It is a big, loud, stupid animal. I have my men bring it on board for us. It, it just doesn't have a lot of room to move around down there, Captain. I mean, it's, it's an, it, and I like, it's in its own excrement, Captain. Viennese is like, oh, my stars, kind of thing. Could we maybe get somewhere a bit larger for that animal to be in? Oh, this is so sad to hear. The poor animal. Of course. The answer is no. Captain... And he has a wily grin on his face. He says, Oh, where would you prefer to run him? In your room? Up and down the hallway? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Captain. Are there any other open rooms on the ship? We are running at the very full compliment. Uh, and he looks down. But of course, as a friend of the church, I believe we can do this. Of course, any damages the bison may cause... You will cover. No, of course. The church will be happy to cover anything that bison might damage. And he spits in his hand and sticks it out. I'll stick out my hand and shake his hand. And I'll tell you what I'll do. Tonight, anybody who'd like to come down and hear some stories from the good book, I'll be down in the mess hall, and anyone that would like to come and listen, maybe yourself included, is welcome to come down and do so. I will be in the front row on the edge of my seat. I look forward to it, Captain. 
and I'll, I'll find Chantrell. Your bison can stay in one of the rooms. Might want to move some of the furniture around, though, because uh, they're going to charge if anything gets broken. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that. That's, uh, thank you, Teller. That's, that's awfully decent of you. It's not a problem. If they're going to be part of our little venture here, I want to make sure that our companions are well taken care of. Well, I'm sure Stomps McGillicuddy's going to appreciate this a lot. Stomps McGillicuddy. Where do you come up with these names? I like to think that the name finds me. I like that so much, I might I might try and make a sermon around that. The name finding you. And I'll pull out like a book and start writing it as I walk back to my room. The, the sparkle in Chanterelle's eye dims a little <laughs> bit as you do that. I think over the next hour or so, uh, Stomps is brought up. He's kind of led up by a couple of the boat hands. I make them put a plaque up on his door that says his fault, Mr. Stops McGillicuddy. You know, they finally bring him into the room and he immediately starts like headbutting the walls. I would stand there. I'd stand there drinking, watching them, like bring him in. Good job there, gents. Good job. One of them like dives out of the room as the, you know, stops like headbutts. Is, is he going to calm down? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think what I'd like to do then is I'd like to take out his favorite little stuffed rabbit animal and start tossing it around. Yeah, you see him kind of perk up, and then he just, with his back legs, just starts, like, kicking like a donkey. Good uh, boy! He only got a negative one on his melee, so he's, like, knocking around and hitting stuff. Yeah. But it's not, nothing's breaking. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's good. Now, you see that, lads? That bison's no problem at all. And they're all, like sweaty and out of breath from, like, being the ones who moved all the furniture out of the room. <laughs> That's a good job on you. And he calms down eventually and basically settles in. He's a lot more happy in there. You probably even either have the deckhands or you go in, clean up after him, give him food and water. And it's a much better situation for him. The room's bigger. He's got a window outside. Squawk blocker comes and kind of trolls him, you know, out the window like, oh, I'm free. What are you doing in there? Can we create an aspect on the two of them? Cool. Yeah, I would say that you create this aspect well-tended with one for use on it. Yeah, and they are happy and healthy and living it up. That's what we like to see. Anything else you guys have in mind? No, I think our relationship's a lot better. Chanterelle actively says hi to the teller and stuff now. Cool. On the third day, about midday, you hear it. There's activity on the deck, and the deckhands are calling out, and a bell rings out. Land and the island itself can be seen and slowly opens up to you like a scroll. Closer and closer and closer, and it starts out a speck of green and yellow. And the closer you get, it is huge. It's about the size of Texas. And you're coming into this fairly verdant area. There are choppy waters and a rocky shore, but there are the sandy beaches. And you guys approach, you can see there are all kinds of birds, seabirds flying. Even looking down into the waters, you can see they're teeming with life. There's huge schools of fish. There are dolphins that are like cresting and jumping along with you at one point. Further off, you see a pot of whales cresting their tails coming up and slapping the water. Everyone came out to see you guys come home. As you guys pull up, too, there's just something weird about it. There's some sort of feeling in the air, like humidity, but it's it's not that. You guys can both feel There's a strange feeling in the air. It is one of the island's aspects. And even as you approach, it's not like a feeling of doom, but it's almost like a feeling of 
being able to understand some truth about the universe and seeing everything like I understand everything and then trying to actually identify the thought and being completely unable to and you guys kind of turn and and crawl along this shoreline for a little while and eventually trees start showing up too and and it becomes a bit more familiar the landscape eventually you see the town of Porta Main it is strangely comforting amidst the bizarre like feeling as you rode the coast up here probably an eye-rolling sort of... A little sinister. disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can see brownstone tenement skyscrapers, six, ten stories high. Thank more. Yeah, you hear the bustle and commotion of a city. You smell it. You can see electric lights. There are posters for advertising, leathersmiths and jewelers, and you can see them even from out here. There are boats that you see in the water as you get closer, all different kinds, smaller fishing boats, some even like sort of kayaks and catamaran style, and then some other steamers that are kind of ferrying out around the island. None of them seem to be going out to sea. The town is also flying Vega flags quite prominently along the shoreline. And it's familiar. Good to be home. And you guys make a pretty noisy landfall. And there's some small fanfare. You know, there's like a drummer and a horn player, and the captain comes out and has a concertina and plays as you guys are approaching. He plays the Vega National Anthem. You know, and there are people waving a few people, and they're like, ah, like, you know, about to reunite with people who are coming to Khan to see them. And other than that, you see the hustle bustle. Like I said, it is a familiar sight. You learn the first two aspects of this city, though. It is an old world city in the new world, and it is small and controlled. There's a thriving city here. Well, I'll be. I don't think I would have imagined it being so uh, developed, Chanterelle. Yeah, I also had heard it was mostly wilderness. This is a bit of a disappointment, I must say. Disappointment? You mean pleasant surprise. <laughs> Ah, it is always a glorious time, the captain says, sort of walking up to both of you as you're on the gunnel, to see the look on those faces at their first approach to Khan. Oh, there is much hope. There is much despair. There is much happiness. There is much to mourn. And of course, and he bows very gallantly, it has been my honor to serve as your captain. And of course, and he presents to you with a bow and a flourish. Like a piece of paper tied up. Norash. <laughs> it's a bill. <laughs> Thank you kindly, but it's in uh, Vietnamese. Oh, and he sends a spray of words back to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of nod. He, you know, goes on in Viennese. And it's kind Did of he give us both a bill? Claps you on the back. No. Just me. Yeah, just okay. me. And it's a bill for another ticket for the room for stops. I'll, I'll tuck it in my stuff. And you guys are off. Squawk blocker as he usually does, just kind of flies away from the city. So he doesn't Where's your friend going? Oh, he'll be back. He's not a big fan of the city air, if you know what I mean. I see. Well, you know what? Maybe sometime we can warm him up to it. Doubtful. And he swoops over. Dinosaurs are widely considered to be kind of a pest in this world. And somewhere, at some point, someone, like, takes a shot at him with a rifle. You know, and he just, like, like, flies away. Yeah, that's why I don't like city. And we find ourselves in the town of Port Almond. Like I said, this is a very modern city. Even as you come into the dockyards, you can start to see and you learn its third aspect. It's got all the comforts at home. Because the first place you pass is the Grand Bazaar of the New World. It is self-styled as such. There's like a gate around it. 
and a big wooden carved sort of archway that proudly proclaims that it is the Grand Bazaar of the New World. And it is a quite impressive and sprawling open-air market. And there are people vending all sorts of exciting trade goods, things that neither of you probably know a lot about, or at the very, maybe you do, but you know they're extremely rare because they only come from Khan. And here they're like bundles of them, like rare spices. They have pelts of these exotic animals and stuff that you've never seen before. There's a person in there who has anime on in a cage, a monster, and they're selling it or trying to. What do you guys do? The city is busy, and you're like sort of standing outside maybe this area as you've kind of walked up a little bit. Chanterelle's kind of all business. So as soon as we step off, she's like, all right, what do we know and where do we want to go first? So far, we don't have a ton of details, because Har- Harlock, we know. We know that she fled to Khan. Okay. And viciously attacked a senator for no reason. Well, I suppose we need to go to some information hubs. Marketplace seems like a good place to start. Yeah, marketplace, bars. We're going to need to find some lodging, too, if we're going to be staying here. We can just be wandering the streets. How about you go try and find some information on our dear friend Adelaide Dufresne, and I'll go see if I can get us some lodging. Sounds good to me. Want to meet back up here? Yes, let's meet here, let's say, an hour. Works for me. Oh, when you get lodging, make sure they got some room for uh, stomps. Stables, I'll make sure they got stables. He lacks stables, all right. Does okay in stables. (laughs) Usually no damage. Yeah, and fights only a little. (laughs) I'd like to create an aspect just, like, aware. Like, that I am... Like in a city, and I know I know cities. Okay. We'll say you create the aspect with one for use. Okay. Yeah, I'm Here's just going to call it home sweet home. You come uh, walking down a little after you guys sort of part ways, and you see there's a place called the Royal Hotel, and it seems nice. It seems like a upper crust kind of place. I'll go there first. Well, there's a doorman. They let you go in, and it's a pretty nice contemporary two-story open foyer. There's like a, a you know in-house balcony overlooking from the second story, kind of looking down. The front desk is there. There's people in the lobby, bellboys. You know, they got that sort of red, like, Commodore style, the little pillbox hats. And they're taking luggage. Hello, a man says. Pleasure. Oh, a teller. A teller of Morrigan. I am indeed. I have to say, this is an impressive establishment. Oh, but thank you. I appreciate that. I'm I'm here on business with the church, and I was wondering if perhaps I could get lodging here. Of course, of course. All we require is a plus three down payment, and you may stay. So, as a teller of Morgan, I was perhaps wondering if maybe I could exchange some of my services for stay here. I'd be happy to take care of any legal disputes you have, or perhaps even provide some entertainment or storytelling for the children around here. And if you have any stables... But of course. Oh, perfect. You're a good man. You're a good man. But without the plus three finance check, how can we know it is good? <laughs> If you seek to trade service for boarding, I know of a very great hotel in the residential quarter. Very few fleas. Perhaps this would be a place for you. Do you think that would be a place that a teller should be staying? My, but no. You should stay here and pay the plus thing. We have stables, coffee, the finest wines, or you can find somewhere else to stay. 
for less. Well, let's go ahead and stay here. It is a plus three finance check. <laughs> so you'll take a what? A one financial stress and then uh, yeah, yeah. a mild consequence. mild consequence. Maybe the mild consequence can be a little cash poor. But you're like out of like Vega money now. Yeah, well, Crawford, yeah, he wants he wants to stay somewhere nice. So, and I thank you so much for getting me set up in such a fine place. I did have one other question for you. Yes. Um, I'm sure you see quite a few people come through here. H- have you seen or heard of a woman named Adley Dufresne? Oh, but my friend, we have hundreds of guests every day. I imagine such a fine establishment has to be attracting a lot of people, and I just figured I would I would check and see. And he leans in and he says. I will tell you this. If you do not find her here in Port Main, there is like but one other place she is. And where might that be? And leans in like he's got a juicy secret and he says, The Uncanny Valley. Interesting. What is this Uncanny Valley about? It is a place you must see to believe. Well, I appreciate your information. And you have yourself a good day and I'm going to go get a nice hot bath. Because I've been on a boat for three days. (laughs) And they have just that. Teller takes a little soak. <laughs> and it's nice. Meanwhile, Chanterelle's doing the mission. <laughs> Word. Yeah, so you're out on the streets. You see him kind of fairly quickly sort of just beeline towards the Royal Hotel. You see it. Yes. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, look for kind of like a, a kindred soul in the marketplace, one of the trappers. Why don't you give me then an awareness check? Yeah, you go out and you wend your way through this bazaar. You see all kinds of crazy stuff. There are beautiful silk robes and gowns that are being sold that are unlike anything you've seen. They have these like explosions of color on them that kind of bleed into different ones. And you see all this jewelry and there's tons of food carts and exotic produce and... There are there are more than one gunsmith like across a, an aisle, sort of like loudly competing with each other. And you go back to this sort of trapper town, and it's like the stuff they're selling is a bit less processed. You know, they're selling animal nails, they're selling like furs, flat out pelts, and stuff like not yet leather. And you find several different folk who have the look of the look of the tree about them. And uh, one of them's an older woman got a pile of, like I said, quite exotic-looking pelts that you can't quite place. You're looking for who? Woman by the name of Adelie Dufresne. She scratches her head. Adelie Dufresne. Why don't you give me a luck check? I have very bad luck. Uh, yeah, the trapper says, you know, if you're looking for someone, I would say the best place to start's the Vega Embassy. If not there, then the PTC branch headquarters. They're right next door. They got an idea of where just about anyone who needs to be found is. And if someone knows where they are, that's where they are. Well, that's a problem, because they hired me to find this woman. Well, I'd say that's pretty terrible luck. You know of anyone else who uh, keeps up with uh, town business? Around these parts, she says. Anyone who might uh, harbor a criminal for coin? She gives you a look. Now, why do you think I would know a thing like that? People just tend to know things. You know, you pick up information in the city. I don't mean no harm. Look, I don't want no trouble. I don't want to give you none. So you're looking for a criminal, huh? Yes, ma'am. All right, well then, why didn't you say that? Because if you need help tracking down a criminal, then you need a bounty hunter. I'm listening. She looks around. Now, bounty hunting ain't exactly legal here in the main, but... 
up in the uncanny valley, you'll find any number of folk who are willing to help you track down anyone you need to find. You looking for a lost kid? You looking for some sort of dangerous bank robber? You looking for an Ophidian savage out in the woods? There's someone up in the valley that can help you track them down. I'd recommend you start with Weathers and Palmer. Ordinarily, I wouldn't want anyone else's help, but in this case, I got a man of the church with me, and he seems to have pretty deep pockets, so it's a win for me. This be real uncomfortable traveling with a type like that, but I have someone bankroll it. I suppose it makes it all right. I, uh, I kind of flash my PTC coin, and I'm like, I go where they tell me. And she flashes one back at you and says, don't we all? Knew she was a kindred spirit. <laughs> Uh, I would like to just uh, uh, do some trading with this woman with, like, you know, furs that I already have on me. Okay. Um, why don't you give me a finance check? Excellent. No. <clears throat> that's all right. It was more like a gesture of goodwill, just like. Yeah, and she's not unkindly, but she kind of waves away what you have, and she's like, they move something different here, lady. You'll catch on quick enough. I guess we'll find out. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. You got a lead. Uh, with a negative four luck check. Yep. And I, it's two uh, names, Weathers and Palmer. Oh, got it, Weathers and Palmer. I thought you said Weatherson Palmer. No, that's I. That's a much cooler name, but yeah. nope. <laughs> I'm just going to hang out with uh, Stomps in the area where we said we would meet uh, uh, back up. If anyone looks at Stomps, I'm going to be like, what are you looking at? Man, nice. The part of town you're in is a neighborhood where there are people with, like, tuxedos and top hats walking around in the street. And you're there, you're buffaloes there, like, taking a shit. Yeah, I take my camp chair out, and I'm, like, sitting with my legs wide open, just like... My word. And they're, like, people taking a berth around you. Stops like... Does anyone toss a coin at me? Yeah, totally. You make like a you know handful of pennies, but it's not enough to amount to any extras. But yeah, you have more than one person is like, Ugh. and you even I think with your previous awareness check of plus three, I think you kind of take it in. There's like a fair amount of people who are begging. There are people who don't have places to be, and you've already experienced it a little bit. A little bit of a sort of price increase on everything here, and uh, it's a competitive town to keep a roof over your head in. And you see a lot of people have failed at that. Yeah, I don't think I'd try to interact with anyone, but, you know, I keep to myself. I'm committed to just, like, waiting for a <laughs> teller to return. Who's, we caught back, and he's got cucumbers on his eyes. There's, like, a, yeah, like a 15-year-old kid rubbing his feet. <laughs> well, I think, he, I think he would take his soak and then head to the um, constable. And you are greeted warmly by a man named Burris Bono. Got red eyes... A wild beard. Afternoon. Well, it's not often we have a real live teller of the law here. Uh, it's, 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 I'm in good company, <laughs> I can tell. And he clasps your hand with like a bare paw. Yeah, he's a big, burly man, and he's like, Yeah, well, any amount of law we bring to these savages, well, they bring the crime twofold back. Shame. So I, w- I was stopping by. I- I'm here on some official business from the church, and I'm looking for a person of interest, and I was wondering if I could just give you a name and maybe if you've heard of them or know where they're at. Of course, it would be an honor to aid the church and a teller of the way in an investigation. Well, that's, that's mighty, mighty fine kind of you. And you see he sort of snaps his hand at, at someone else and kind of is like, now come over here, I'm going to have you go to the Hall of Records in a moment. Her name is Adley Dufresne. And they look at each other and 
the person he calls over laughs and just walks away. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Natalie Dufresne, well, that must be a mistake. First off, she won't be hard to find for you. Well, that's good news to hear. Second off, why, she's no criminal. She's a, she's a pillar of the community. I have no doubt that she is, but, it, and not, like I said, uh, she's a person of interest, and as we know, nobody's guilty until they face the law. So I'm not saying that she's committed any crimes, but... He winks at you when you say that. Of course, of course. That's definitely how we do things. <laughs> say, and he leans in, what's she a person of interest in, huh? Yeah, it's official church business. Kind of hush-hush. Oh. Demeanor changes a little bit. It cuts to me in the marketplace with a group of people being like, and she shot a senator. <laughs> <laughs> His demeanor changes, though, when you refuse to talk to him more. He says, of course, of course, I completely understand. Discretion is the name of the game. We're men of the law. We have to play things close to the vest. As one man of the law to another, though, looks like we're brothers here. I'm sorry, friend. I truly am. If I didn't travel so far and be so tired from the trip, I'd be all for talking your ear off. But... I'm planning on being here for a couple days, so give me some time to rest and collect myself. We will get a fine beverage, and then we can talk. Well, uh, hopefully I can find the time to see with you again. Gestures you towards the door. Like, he's clearly like, we're all right, we're all right. Will you be able to help me getting some of that information, sir? I'll have to wait for my man to get back from the Hall of Records. If I can find anything, I'll let you know. Do you have an estimate on that, sir? It's a big city and growing by the day. We got a lot on our hands. As we're both men of the law, if someone in your position were to help me and I go back to the church and tell them that you were very helpful for me, I'm sure that we could get some resources down here to help you out. Now, why don't you make a personality check? Because I got another negative, too. I am rolling like hot shit. Well, that, Taylor Crawford, had not occurred to me. (laughs) And he leans in and he says, you might start in the Uncanny Valley. She owns a house of flesh. A house of... So, hold on. You tell me she leaves... She has a business... Like a super famous one, yeah. In the city, and then she comes here, and she opens up another business. Done it again? She says, she's on fire. She can't be stopped. I'm telling you, she's quite a darling in the scene there. The upper crust is taken to her. She knows how to throw a bash. Uh, She was able to do that in the old city as well. Well, she hasn't lost her touch. Her women are the finest. Those roses have thorns, but... Ooh, they're sweet. Well, Burris, I thank you. This has truly been helpful. And I'll I'll put my hand on my book and on his shoulder. Morgan's blessings be with you. And with you, Tim. You see, he's almost a little chastised. Yeah, I'll head back to our meeting spot. I've built a campfire. Yeah, and there's like a constable who's like, got like a billy club who's like, I'm not going to tell you again. you got to put this fire out right now. And you need to get this buffalo out of the way. See these carriages? See these people? I don't I don't know. why. This is my third time I've come over here this hour to tell you. You can't just sit here and take up the whole street. He's a bison. What, what's going on here? This man won't let me. Well, you built a campfire in the street, and your bison is relieving itself here as well. I mean, I understand that you're you're a person of the forest, but there's certain places that aren't quite a forest. Now, in your cabin on the ship, the fire was one thing, because they figured you were just maybe a bit shaken, but we've had three days now. The, the constable is just like, well, I, I see that this is in good hands now, tell her. He kind of 
What is Thank you, like Constable. Job well done by me. What'd you find out? I got a recommendation for a couple of bounty hunters who, uh, people here say they're the ones to talk to. I don't know what kind of funding you got, but it might just be the easiest way to handle this job since neither of us knows anybody here. Yeah, well, about funding, let's just say the church wasn't too generous when I came here. Oh, but I thought you were footing all the bills and everything. Well, I foot where I can, but I'll be honest with you, most of the time it's my mouth that does most of the footing of the bills as opposed to actually having coin in my pocket. You see, one thing about this, all of it really is, well, I don't do this for the money. <laughs> That's oh. one of my aspects. Uh, I don't I do see. this for the money. Yeah. I see. <laughs> well, not all of us have that privilege. But, well, uh, I have a lead. And evidently, it's a pretty good one. Excellent. So let's go back to the room, and we can t- chat about this there. Excellent. I, I start rolling up my pad. <laughs> it's like fully unpacked. Oh, my lord. <laughs> As you're like, I'll put my hand on the box bowl again. Please help me. <laughs> I apologize. I haven't stayed in a city in a long time. And I get used to setting up shelter wherever I go. I admire your ingenuity and your ability to make home where you're at. This is probably going to come in handy when, well, hopefully if we're not outside cities too long. So it sounds like you guys are going to go back to the hotel and kind of strategize. Yep. Okay. Finally get this spice off the fucking street. Yeah. You'll see, like, a lot of, like, cucumber slices and things in the room when you get there. I may have indulged a bit. I can see that. Also, I don't... But you should get a bath before we leave. Why? I'm just gonna get dirty again. You smell like bison. That's that's just how I smell, actually. Well, the showers don't what, don't wash that off. This room was pretty expensive, so if you could go ahead and just might as well use the amenities. We're going to clean out the buffet before we leave, too. All right, here's what I'm thinking. We know where she is, right? Yes, yeah, so I was able to get some information from the constable that she, if you can believe it or not, had a brothel in Vega, came here, and opened up another brothel in the Uncanny Valley. The same business. Sure. Well, if you're on the run, why do you open the same business you opened before? I mean, I guess if you're good at something, you do it. But evidently, the constable told me that that's where she's at. It's weird that they haven't apprehended her already then, but... I think we're the first ones to come after her. Well, that gives us an advantage. I say we go there, we check out the scene, then we uh, pick her up. We'll have to see what the situation is. How many gods she has, how... The person at the police station, he told me that uh, she's well-connected and well-liked and respected as well with the upper crust. So I don't know that it's going to be quite as easy as just rolling in and picking her up and leaving with her. We'll have to do our best not to make a scene. Well, we have the advantage uh, that she doesn't know who we are or why we're there. I would almost be tempted to say if she's running a hotel... Why don't we stay at the uncanniest valley? I think that sounds like a great plan. Surely can't be as expensive as this place. I think with that, we'd probably stay there that night, and then the next morning head out pretty much immediately. Noticeably, I do not try to make a campfire in the hotel. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. 
character growth. <laughs> Boom, she leveled. As you guys settle in for the night, the camera kind of pans out, and you see a woman walking in the streets who's headed towards the train station. And she stops and speaks with someone, someone that you had spoken to when you were talking in the market. Is it true what I heard? They're looking for Adelie Dufresne? Yeah, that's right. The woman says back. She hurries ahead to the train station. 